I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, isn't it about time for Plugged In to announce the winners of this year's Plugged In Movie Awards? Indeed it is, my fellow Plugged In show listeners. Indeed it is. Hey everyone, Adam Holtz here, your host of the Plugged In Show, focused on the family's weekly conversation about pop culture, entertainment, and technology. Thanks for joining us today. Well, it is that time of the year when the Academy Awards hand out their Oscars, the TV folks hand out Emmys, the music gurus hand out Grammys, and here at Plugged In, you guessed it, we're going to be handing out our annual Pluggy Awards in four categories. Best movies for kids, teens, adults, and Christian movies. And I am quite certain that this special episode of The Plugged In Show will be a lot like what you have seen on TV. (laughs) Except, of course, we don't have any celebrities. Um, The carpet, I'm going to call it beige. It's not red. Uh, and we don't Beige have any. We don't have any trophies either. Okay. And none of us are dressed glamorously. Right. Okay. So it's not like Speak TV at all. But hopefully, just like the Oscars, you've got a nice cozy chair that you can curl up in with a cup of coffee, and listen to us as we talk over the next little while about some of our favorite movies from last year. We've got our whole plugged in team with us: Emily Clark, Kennedy, and thank Bob Hoos and Paul Acey. And we will be fiercely debating the merits of five films in each category. In the end, there shall be only one. In each category. In each category. From us. But then Uh, there will be another one from the audience. Actually, scratch that. (laughs) Emily is here with the envelope straight from our accounting firm of Clark, 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 and Clark to deliver the reader vote tallies as well, which you had a chance to vote on at our blog and on social media. Um, Just a small housekeeping note before we plunge into our verbal tesseract of argumentation, (laughs) which I personally am very much looking forward to. These are all movies that we have agreed as a team have a lot of merit from the year 2021, but our relative praise for them shouldn't be confused with uncritical endorsement. Some of these films, and especially some of the ones in the adult category, still have some content that you're going to want to know about ahead of time. So... Just like you would do with any movie, if something that we've talked about sounds interesting to you, check out our full review first, just to make sure there aren't any unpleasant surprises. And second, I'll encourage you to follow The Plugged In Show wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, leave a comment, leave a review, leave a like. We would love to hear what you're thinking about our choices, well, and yours. Well, fellow Plugged Inians, are you ready? Ready. Let's do it. So ready. Let's All right, go. I can feel the energy in the room right now. We are ready to go. Humming. Here, humming. There's a humming. <laughs> There's an energy. Here's how we're going to attack this conversation today. I will read the list of nominees in each category. Then someone on our team who saw each of these films will give us a teensy tiny summary of that story. And by teensy tiny summary, I mean like as short as you can possibly make it, but still communicate what we need to communicate about the core of the movie. And then we will close the gates and get our battle royale on as we talk, argue, cajole, and otherwise seek to lovingly bludgeon those who disagree with us into accepting our superior (laughs) point of view. Or maybe we'll just talk. Thank you for the sympathy laugh, Paul. I appreciate it. Either way, we're going to have a lot of fun. So with no further ado, I give you the 2022 Plugged In Movie Awards. Of course, our first category is going to be the category of kids movies and our nominees are luca mitchell's versus the machines 
back to the outback, sing to, and encanto. Mm-hmm. So, Paul, tell us about Luca. You know, teensy tiny, briefly. Briefly. It's about this kid who is underwater all the time because he's sort of a fish man, and he goes to this village that is above water with this juvenile delinquent friend of his and learns about himself and learns about growing up and all this kind of stuff. And I assume he's not a fish man when he's topside? He is not a fish man when he's topside. He meets this very nice girl and, and her dad who cooks very good Italian food. And I'm guessing there are lessons to be learned about there are lessons cross-cultural things. It's okay for us to go to a part two and part three in our descriptions. <laughs> I'm trying you to know, be quick. You know, Paul's doing so good, I'm, I'm trying actually to be coaxing quick. him out. Okay, that's a great description of Luca. <laughs> Thank you. Emily, tell us about the Mitchells versus the machines. Okay. If social media became a robot and took over the world. Oh, Nice. That's what it is. No, that's concise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what else happens? Uh, you guys are doing too good a about, job. It's about a father and daughter relationship and how they kind of mend the bond um, during the technological apocalypse. Okay. And I'm assuming with the verses in there, the machines don't always get along with the humans. No, they're taking over the world. Did you not hear that okay. part? Was just, I not just, clear just enough? Cl- <laughs> clarifying for those listening at home. All right. Very good. Man, we are flying through this, guys. Hey. Well, we're going to need the time. You we are going to need the time. That's right. Kennedy, tell us about Sing 2. Yeah, so it's a literal band of misfits <laughs> as they go to what is the equivalent of Las Vegas to try and make it big in a big, big, big singing competition. It sounds like a big movie. Oh, it's if big. I'm, if I'm hearing you right. Yeah, that's great. And if you've seen Sing 1, you've seen Sing 2, but that might be a good thing because Sing 1 is really good. <laughs> All right. So Sing 2 is a lot like Sing 1, only bigger. All right. And I will bring you Encanto, which was a Disney movie that is about a magical family. Everyone gets a magical gift to serve the community, except a young girl named Mirabelle who somehow doesn't get a gift. And that causes problems, but it turns out there's a bigger problem that is approaching the family, and Mirabelle is key to solving it. So much singing, much dancing much magicness and sweetness and sweetness and bob you've got our last movie in this category back to the outback right right and speaking of sweetness it's about a group of sweet but very deadly critters who escape from an australian zoo to find their way back to home and family in this magical place called the outback all right so I am now going to throw the proverbial gauntlet down because I don't have a literal gauntlet to throw down. Next year. Next year. Next year. Always next year. You say that every year, I feel like. All right. All right. (laughs) So how do we even begin to talk about which of these movies we think is the best for families and why? I'm just going to vote. Can I do that? Go for it. Yeah, I'm going to... seems reasonable. I'm going to put in my vote for Sing 2, and I'll tell you why. So I've seen all of these movies... And in addition to me seeing them, my five-year-old nephew has also seen them. And so he was obsessed with Luca when it came out. He really enjoyed that. Um, Back to the Outback, he loved it. Um, And Encanto, I will say this. I don't think he loved Encanto as much as my two sisters did, his mom and my other sister who lives in the same town as him. I think they really liked it. And I think he was just kind of like, nah. But we took him to see Sing 2 for New Year's Eve. And oh, my goodness, he was obsessed. He was singing the songs. He was quoting it. He could not get enough of Sing 2. He loved it. And all of us who went to go see it with him 
also loved it. So that's why I sing too. Okay. A- Emily did a nice job, but she the did. fact is, the she fact did. is she missed it totally. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> the, the real winner in this category is Mitchell's versus the Machines. It okay. is, and primarily because it is a funny movie. I mean, it is not just, <laughs> it is a hilarious movie. Wah-ha-ha. And it is just so well geared uh, toward the family, in my opinion, and it's all about family issues and the, and the family bonds, and it's a wonderful film. All right, Kennedy. Uh, speaking of family issues, that's why I have to vote for Encanto. Oh. Uh, now, Encanto, I found to be absolutely lovely. Uh, the music is great. You know, Lin Manuel Miranda always does a pretty good job. Um, but in addition, the story is that Bruno song. All the kids oh, are singing. Oh, the Bruno yeah. song. Uh, I mean, yeah, we don't yeah. talk Every about that song. One. Yeah, we, we, we can't talk <laughs> well about that right now. Well played. So. But yeah, I mean, just watching that and seeing how the family really deals with uh, a very real issue. You know, obviously we're not all magical, but everyone comes with <laughs> their own unique <laughs> gifts. You know, and so you see that where some people are just naturally gifted in some ways, some people aren't. And just watching that family kind of deal and struggle with that was just a very compelling narrative to me. All right, Mr. AC. So Emily lays out a good case for Sing 2. I appreciated the fact that <laughs> that your your child really loved it. Not your child, but your nephew. Children. Right? Children, Children love it. Well, and I like, I like the idea of Mitchell's versus the machines. It has some great plugged-in moments, mm-hmm. yet Encanto is the clear oh, yeah. and obvious winner. The clear and obvious winner. The songs are great. The messages are wonderful. It's colorful. It's light. It's beautiful. Parents and kids can enjoy this movie together more than any other movie that I saw this year. Oh, you guys are just stumbling. No, we're not stumbling. Families laugh together, and they enjoy together, and that's why (laughs) Mitchell's The kids will have had a great time, and the parents can then go out and have a conversation about generations of family dysfunction, right. which is no small thing and, for an animated and, movie and, and to pull off. Crazy by the same song over and over and over uh, again. No joke. You gotta Whereas let when it go. you see Mitchell's in the machine, you laugh, you move, you move on. I, Bob, you know? I'm, I'm so sorry, but Encanto gets my vote too. Really? Okay. Yeah. Really? I, I really, it was one of my favorite movies of last year. I will also say that we had a number of people write in after our review came out and just said, you know, there's a lot of magic here and some stuff that, that feels a little bit on the occult side. So if there's a caveat, even though I I think we're three out of five, I'm yeah. sorry, guys, we it's it's more than a quorum. It's actually less <laughs> than a quorum, but whatever. It's not even a debate. Um, I think that's our winner in this category. But so. you'll want to check out our full review on that. Absolutely. So we've given our point of view, Emily... What about the plugged in show and plugged in readers and listeners? All right. What let is me, the. Let me open the envelope. Yeah, no, there's no envelope. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, actually, um, our audience agrees. Encanto wow. was the winner for the best movie for kids audience vote. All right. The audience is wise. It's always. No, the only thing I can say is loaf is of bread. A, loaf of bread. Is it a wide margin? <laughs> it was a pretty. 
pretty wide margin, yeah. That I think the second place for the kids awards, uh, I honestly it was pretty evenly spread across the other four, but Encanto was the clear winner. Oh, yeah, right. I would have expected Luca to get a few more votes. Yeah. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's that maybe not a lot of people saw it because it was a Disney Plus only release or mm-hmm. what. But yeah, no, it didn't have as many votes as I thought it would get either. Interesting. All right. Well, speaking of voting, let's move on to our next category. Best movie for teens. And the nominees are Finch, Spider-Man No Way Home, American Underdog, Belle, (laughs) and Dear Evan Hansen. Paul, tell us about Finch. (laughs) (laughs) Belle. All right, Finch. This is going to be easy. It's a Tom Hanks movie where Tom Hanks... His, his, being his Tom Hanksian, he uh, it's sort of this dystopian world where he is the last man basically alive that of we course, see. Of course, Tom Hanks would be the of last course, man alive. Of course, but he has this dog that he's very concerned about. Unfortunately, he's dying. Ooh. So he decides, because he's a brilliant engineer, Finches. he decides to build, yes, Finches. not the dog. Uh, he's a brilliant, <laughs> Dom Hanks' character is a brilliant engineer, and so he builds this robot, this amazing robot to take care of his dog after he dies. Wow. I mean, if we didn't have four more in this category, I would totally vote for that one right now. I know. (laughs) Sounds like a tearjerker. So good. But Spider-Man No Way Home, Mr. Hoos. It's a Spider-Man movie. (laughs) Uh, That's as simple as I... No, uh, Spider-Man, basically he's been accused of all these atrocious crimes, including murder. He goes to Doctor Strange for some help. Doctor Strange casts a spell that goes terribly awry and it opens up the multiverse and all these criminals come in and spider-man's got to figure out how to solve it all right and uh people loved it oh yeah and and you loved it and yeah. the box office loved it really good film Third all right. biggest movie of all time Third is that biggest right? movie of all time That's in crazy. the united states yep. in in the covid era domestically all right well i had american underdog which tells the Kurt Warner story. And I mean, it's sort of the ultimate underdog story, hence the name, Mm -hmm. American Underdog. Uh, Kurt Warner was uh, a college football quarterback who wanted to go pro. And the short version is it didn't really work out right up until the moment it totally works out. And, (laughs) And it's a great football movie. It's also a great love story about the relationship that he has with his wife. So another of my favorite movies last year. Next up, we have Belle. Oh, Mr. Who's you again? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, this one is an anime, and you can see it in either Japanese with English subtitles or in English, uh, depending with on Japanese how, subtitles. No, they don't no. have any subtitles. Just English dubbed. But it's it's <laughs> about a young girl who's a, a troubled uh, young girl who uh, lost her mom, and she finds that she can this new online cosmos called You. And it's a place where, much like, you know, some of these online multiverse sort of things where you it's like a virtual reality. And she steps in and can take on this new persona, not only giving her a new life, so to speak, but also a new voice. And uh, But then there are certain conflicts as she continues to wrestle with this virtual reality, which is, can sometimes not be as nice as you might think, mm-hmm. and her real reality. So... That's what the film's about. So there's a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah, quite a bit. I mean, and it sounds like it's a movie that sort of splits the difference for audience. I mean, like you might think this is a kids' movie, but this is definitely aimed at yes, probably and, older and teens and adults. Yes, and that's the thing. You, you look at it and it looks really cute, 
but it's not always cute. It's there also it has some heavier issues for younger kids. You probably wouldn't want to uh, bring them in. Teens and up, though. Thumbs up. Okay. And I had Dear Evan Hansen, which is based on a beloved Broadway play. This is a story of a student named, wait for it, Evan Hansen, (laughs) who has severe social anxiety disorders. And he writes himself letters to basically tell himself he's smart enough, he's good enough, and people like him. You know, the whole Mm self-affirmation thing. And one day class bully picks up his letter off the printer at school and that's where things go really weird because that bully soon commits suicide with the letter on him and the boy's parents think because of the content of the letter that Evan and their now deceased son were best friends Mm -hmm. and they almost kind of adopt Evan and he tries to tell them the truth in his own Evan Hansen way but he can't quite do it And all of a sudden he's experiencing all of these things that he's always wanted. And so the lie gets deeper and deeper. And it's the story of how it really unwinds. I think it has a lot to say about social media and just where kids are at today in terms of anxiety. And it's a musical. It's a really good musical. (laughs) It's a really good musical. So those are our five nominees. And let's see. I'm going to toss it to Mr. Hoos to, oh, to begin the I voting. I to go last and really <laughs> swing it in a certain direction. I know. I'm, I'm trying to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, as I said, um, I liked the Spider-Man movie a lot. Yeah. But I would probably vote for Belle. Okay. Uh, I think I, there, there are some very poignant moments in this. And there's a certain beauty about this film because the animation is done in two different styles. Okay. You've got a very classic anime style for reality, and then you've got a very CGI-enhanced style for the virtual world, and I, I just found it very compelling. Okay. Who would so, like to go next? Kennedy. Yes, as much as I would love to give it to Dear Evan Hansen. Right. I cannot. Okay, well, that's good <laughs> uh, to know. Because Spider-Man No Way Home its message I found to be beautiful. And what you've was that? Got, you've got Great Spider-Man. power comes great responsibility? Well, of course, that's a given. <laughs> Among other things. But what was really interesting was that all of the problems in this movie were because of Spider-Man. Hmm. And it's him grappling with his own problems, you know, and he's technically rightfully called the spider menace you know because (laughs) it's technically his fault that all these people are here but it's him not only coming to terms with the fact that he's really messed up this one but also that he can't always get what he wants and Mm. sometimes that he's going to have to just come to terms with the fact that he is just a high school student Mm. You know, the other thing that I loved about that movie, honestly, was the fact that in most superhero movies, you have the good guy who is trying to beat up the bad guy or bad guys, right? It's it's this thing where you must defeat these people. Spider-Man No Way Home takes a nice, interesting twist in that he's trying to save these guys. Mm -hmm. And I love that about it because it has sort of this little bit of reflection to what we all deal with spiritually every day, where we're we're all kind of inherently bad guys, and yet we have been saved. And I kind of love that little echo. Well, I loved it, too. And I loved the fact that the bad guys are essentially given a choice 
of whether they want to embrace redemption or not. Mm -hmm. They have an opportunity. It's not just Spider-Man trying to save them, but they have um, some real agency here too in terms of, am I going to renounce my evil ways? And it kind of, without totally spoiling it, it kind of splits down the middle. I mean, we've got a couple that do and a couple that don't. And I thought that was really interesting storytelling. And so even though it's kind of boring, I'm going to vote for Spider-Man also. <laughs> well, okay. So that's three for <laughs> Spider-Man and one for Belle. So that means your vote doesn't count. Well, you know, it, it doesn't count, but I still want to say what it was. So I was debating between Spider-Man and Dear Evan Hansen. And so I was actually going to swing towards Spider-Man as well. Kind no of for the intended. reasons. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, kind of for the same reasons that you guys have already listed out. Um, I think that just... Everything about this movie made me happy as both a fan, but also as a plugged in reviewer. I mean, like, I really appreciated the messages that were here. I feel like they were deeper than a lot, deeper than we often see in superhero movies. This is really interesting to me because I think oftentimes when we have these discussions, right, we put, there's a lot of really decent blockbuster movies that have some pretty decent messages in them. But usually we vote for something that has the stronger message in these types of competitions. This one, I really believe that one of the biggest blockbusters has some of the best messages that we've seen for teens. And that's amazing. I think so too. And I'll also say, because I'm the director of Plugged In, there are a few content bumps along the road here in terms of language and some off-color jokes that you'll definitely want to be aware of. This is a PG-13 movie. Uh, Not everything on our list is PG-13. So um, I think especially if you have younger kids, this is sort of my public service announcement. Um, I don't know that these are movies that are really great for 9 and 10 and 11-year-old kids. No. Um, So just keep that in mind because Virtually nobody else in our culture is going to give you that sort of caveat. Uh, But I still think there's a lot to like in this one. And now to the reader vote. You guys, this so rarely happens. But once again, the audience has chosen the same thing that we have chosen. Wow. (laughs) That's Bill. Nope. Yeah, I'm sorry, who's that's, no. that's what you chose, Bob. No, oh, yeah, well, that's right. Not that's we, me. That's you. It was right. a pronoun issue. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we come to a category that is a, it's a horse of a different color. This is something different altogether, in part because this is a list of movies for adults that are all in their own way a little bit under the radar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think King Richard might be the best well-known of those. So, Paul, let's let's start off with that one. Tell us about King Richard. King Richard is really about the uh, father of Venus and Serena Williams, the famous tennis-playing siblings. Uh, they were raised, actually, to be tennis stars by their father, their loving, protective, and somewhat domineering father. And it's really about their early relationship as they move into the higher ranks of the tennis world, their relationship with tennis and their relationship with their parents. And their relationship with a generally white culture being African-American too, right? Absolutely, absolutely. It's a really great story that's very compelling. It, It shows almost this throwback sort of family, you mm. know, where, where the kids do these talent shows. They they really gather together as a family. They raise them, I think, the way a lot of our listeners would probably like to raise their own kids. And yet you see some problems with how uh, Richard is raising his kids as well. It's a complex movie that winds up having an inspirational lilt to it. And Richard's played by Will Smith, correct? Will Smith, 
in kind of an unusual role for him. I think yeah, it's safe yeah. To he's say. nominated for an Oscar this year, and and he could well get it. Okay, Emily, tell us about Dream Horse. So Dream Horse, uh, similarly to two of the other films on this list, uh, is based on a true story. It is about a woman named Jan who. The people in her town, they're all kind of down on their luck. You know, a lot of them have faced losses financially. Um, A lot of people have come close to losing their homes. And, uh, you know, a lot of them have lost their careers. She used to be a pigeon racer with her dad. Um, Yeah. I hear that every day. Yeah, I know, right? I didn't even know that was a thing until I watched this movie. But they just fly away. She gets the idea that she wants to be part of something bigger. So she puts up flyers around town and she creates a racehorse alliance to breed their own racehorse and race him. And, you know, it's not about the money at all. And I kind of liked that about this movie. It is about this community that has nothing left but gives everything they have to just come together and be a part of something bigger than themselves and to give to each other. Okay, so it's kind of a pure feel-good movie. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Mr. Hoos, tell us about Belfast, which I think is a feel-good movie of Of another kind. Yes, (laughs) a different stripe. Yeah, um, it's based on Kenneth Branagh, who who is the director. His childhood, basically, um, Mm. in the 60s in a tumultuous Belfast, and uh, and I'll, I'll start with the negatives, first of all, because there are a few here. There's some rough language and there's some heated conflicts in the mix. Mm. But it's also a surprisingly beautiful film. Uh, it, there are moments that just sort of lift you up. And it's all about being a family. It's all, And there are these engaging and very tender moments as this young boy and his family are interacting together, not only dealing with the outside pressures of the time, but also just dealing with their own stresses as a family, even just making ends meet. And, and of course, their grandparents, too, are a part of the mix. And um, as I said, I think it's a wonderful film. All right. Well, Paul, tell us about the movie Mass. Wow. Okay, so we've had a couple of feel-good movies in the mix here. <laughs> this would be, you would be hard-pressed to call this necessarily a feel-good movie. Is it a feel-bad movie? Time to bring it down. <laughs> it has, <laughs> exactly. It's, it is a very serious movie. It is an acting tour de force, and it really involves four people. You have the parents of a teen who was killed in a mass school shooting, mm. talking in a church basement with the parents of the killer. Wow. And as you can tell, this unpacks a lot. This unpacks a wallop. It is not the type of movie that you would necessarily want to go, you know, on a fun-filled date night. But (laughs) the acting is amazing. The messages are really, really poignant. And it does have a surprisingly um, heartfelt turn at the end that even leans a little bit spiritual. Okay. And Emily, bring us uh, to the conclusion of this category with the movie The Starling. This is a story about a couple who was recovering from the loss of their daughter who died from SIDS. And it's it's very sad. So what happened was the husband, he became depressed after his daughter's death. Uh, part of it was guilt. He felt like maybe he was partially responsible for her death. 
And um, at one point, he attempted to take his own life, and he wound up. And so when this movie starts, he is actually in a mental facility receiving treatment. Meanwhile, his wife hasn't really been able to process any of her emotions over the death of her daughter because of what her husband did. So, you know, she's still stuck in kind of the anger stage of grief because she's angry at him for try for essentially quitting for essentially giving up on her and she's like you know i need you to get through this and it's a really beautiful story about how this couple really just comes to term with the fact that yes they've gone through tremendous loss but they don't they're not ready to give up not on each other not on life and they need each other to continue forward so they need to process those motions of anger and disappointment with one another in order to move on okay so another kind of heavy movie. Yes. Uh, And I'll also point out that one of the things that we like to do sometimes with the plugged in movie awards is to point you towards movies that maybe you haven't heard of or even thought about. And 2021 was an interesting year in that we're sort of still beginning to try to come out of the COVID thing, but blockbusters were kicked back. And so this is a, I think uh, our most indie list of movies for adults that maybe we have ever had, but Mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted to let you know, we think that there is a lot of merit in each one of these movies, but of course now we have to browbeat each other into choosing just one. Mm -hmm. Mr. Acey? I'm going to make my pitch for mass. You know, honestly, this is probably the one that has been seen the least of all of these. You um, saw it, but we're not sure anybody else did. <laughs> that's exact. I might be the only person, <laughs> but I am so grateful that I did because of the messaging that we have here. You have these parents grappling with some very, very difficult issues, and they grapple with it on screen in some incredibly honest ways. You see how grief can twist people and break them almost. Mm. But you also see the path forward toward healing. And for me, that path toward healing um, was where the movie sang out. You have you have one of the grieving parents um, who lost their son to this school shooting, right? She says at the end that she forgives. Mm. And when she says it, it is a hard-earned forgiveness because of what we've seen throughout the rest of the movie. You know that she has taken a long time to get to that point, and she didn't walk into that room feeling that way. Mm. But that forgiveness is where we all have to end up, right? When tragedy hits us, we all have to to move forward. We have to forgive. Okay. I'm also going to put my vote forward for Mass because I love the premise of it. I love the idea that, you know, it is for adults, but it touches on what is happening in teen culture as well, because you, the parents of the shooter, you know, they don't know how their shy little boy turned into somebody who could commit this atrocity, you know? And I think that that would probably be the case with a lot of people whose family members have done something like this, but it really touches, I think, on the fact that teens today are going through I mean I I don't know that it's any different than any other decade but you really can see how nowadays kids are dealing more with thoughts of depression and suicide or you know in this kid's case homicide well I appreciate what the two of them have said about this (laughs) but but now we can talk about the winner and that is uh, that is Belfast (laughs) Belfast really in my opinion is the best film in this group 
not only from a story perspective, because it had some really rich moments about being an Irish family in an Irish community. It had some really nice moments there, but also from a an aesthetics perspective. And the way Kenneth Branagh he films the whole thing in black and white, except for certain special moments when the family do things together, like they'll go to a movie mm. or they'll go to a play. And for the young boy, suddenly everything jumps into color it just starts to sparkle with color and i found that to be so so uplifting and beautiful in the context of this film because there were some darker moments in here and they're dealing with darker elements but there were also moments of beauty when they could get together and they could be a family and have fun all right persuasive stuff bob thank you you bet and you're voting Maybe for Belfast? Is that vote. what you're saying? <laughs> no, i'm just kidding <laughs> kennedy what do you think so I'm I'm sorry, Bob, uh, but I got to <laughs> vote for Mass. <laughs> oh man, Bob can't uh, catch a and break. And the reason why is because <laughs> Sai has zero for three. <laughs> <I'm> just, <laughs> I, I, I think it's funny to me because Paul and I have agreed on every movie so far, but well, Bob we have and one I have category left that we can all vote for our own thing, right? But the reason why I choose Mass is because, from a philosophical standpoint, I think it's such an interesting concept of let's take two sets of parents who are on polar opposite sides of an issue even if they're not obviously on, on a team you right. know right um but they come from opposite sides of what happened in this crime mm. and putting them in a room and just saying okay you're gonna talk mm. about this for two hours you know yeah and and then by the end you do see that forgiveness and i think that's such a great reminder that there is forgiveness for us uh, from God, obviously, and then we give that forgiveness to others in pursuit of that as well. And even in these horrible, really difficult things to navigate, you know, I think a lot about how um, how Paul, you know, before he became a disciple, he not murdered me. Christians. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, not, <laughs> not that Paul. Uh, Paul from the Bible. <laughs> uh, how he he murdered Christians before he himself became one. Mm. And I just think about his whole life of, I wonder if he was walking around with that guilt for the entirety of his life, you know, and knowing that there is forgiveness from that, though. Well, it seems like Mass is our winner, even though, Bob, I'm going to throw you an Irish bone and vote for Belfast myself. There you go. (laughs) There you go, my man. uh, It was my second choice, okay? That's right. I'm going to vote for Belfast. And apologies to all the Irish people out there for my accent. Um, You know, I I think it's a movie that actually deals with some of the same themes. You know, you get themes of loss, of of forgiveness, and are you going to harden your heart? Are you going to... Are you going to build community, you know, in the midst of of conflict? And so can you make choices for your family? Yeah. When things might go easier if you walked away. Yeah. But, you know, and I also want to say about Mass. Mass is a moving film for sure. But on the other hand, people should know that if you're watching it, you've got to be in the mix for two hours, too. And it can sometimes get Mm -hmm. heavy enough if that sort of thing really bugs you. All All right. Emily, what did our readers pick? I'm guessing not mass. They actually didn't. This is the first time we have a different answer from the audience. Our audience voted for King Richard. Really? Mm -hmm. 
Good See, choice. That's a good choice. To be fair, that is the only one that I ever saw actually advertised of the five. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, clearly you were not following plugged in uh, on I'll social just... media. <laughs> well, let's talk about our last category, Christian movies. We have five entries, of course. We've got The Jesus Music, Blue Miracle, Show Me the Father, the most reluctant convert, the untold story of C.S. Lewis, which seems like it certainly went for the longest the title, long title yeah. <laughs> and a week away. Paul, tell us about the Jesus music. I'm assuming this is about music related to Jesus. It is. It's a documentary, and very rarely do we even cover documentaries, much less nominate them for our Plugged In Movie Awards. But but this one was really interesting to me. It's done by the Irwin brothers, who are who did American Underdog, yeah. actually, another nominee. Um, and it is a really fascinating fascinating uh, 30,000-foot look, essentially, at the history of contemporary Christian music, Hmm. beginning with the Jesus Movement days into their heydays in the 1980s and 90s into sort of the worship-tinged movement that we're in now. And I I thought it was fascinating. Um, Even though a lot of my my favorite groups did not make it in for more than a second or two, (laughs) poor Jars of Clay. Poor Jars of Clay. Poor Jars of Clay. But it, it was a really fascinating look at some of of just some of the great music that the CCM has produced, along with some of the odd little dichotomies that we find within the movement itself, where you know that some of the people who create this music have, like us all, sinned a, a time or two. Okay. Emily, tell us about Blue Miracle. So Blue Miracle is another true story on... <laughs> there always feels like there's a lot of true stories in all of our uh, nominations, but... Um, this is a Christian category, so it's a different different category. Anyways, it's a true story um, about this man whose name is Omar. He is lives in Mexico, and he runs an orphanage there. And the orphanage is in debt, over $100,000. And the only way that he can find to save it, because the bank will not give him any more money, is to enter a fishing competition. Hmm. And it's very interesting because he has no experience with fishing. In fact, he uh, can't even swim. He has a lot of trauma um, from watching his own father drown when he was a child. And uh, they team up with this grizzled old captain who... Dennis Quaid. Yes, Dennis Quaid. (laughs) And um, Captain Wade. And Captain Wade is the only man who's won this competition two years in a row, but it turns out he cheated the second time oh. and got away with it. And so he's kind of seeking his redemption in winning the competition for real this time. Fairly. And at the same time, this orphanage needs the money. So they're seeking to, they have to win it, you know? So it kind of becomes like a little tipping point. Do we cheat to make sure they get the money um, and save these kids from winding up on the street? Or do we do the right thing and teach them, you know, good moral values? Oh. So there's some moral complexity, oh, it yeah. sounds like. Yes. And, you know, I think uh, a lot of our fans online, you know, they were kind of like, well, they use God's name in vain. Should that be a Christian movie? Okay. And, you know, so there are some things to look out for. It's not, it's a Christian movie. It talks about God. It has no problem doing that. It's uh, very clear that Papa Omar is a Christian and is teaching uh, the boys about Christ and about prayer. But at the same time, it's not a perfect movie. Okay. 
Well, I have Show Me the Father, which is our second documentary in the Christian movie list. This was done by the Kendrick brothers. It's their first documentary as well. I guess all these Christian movie makers decided they needed to (laughs) turn over a new leaf this year. (laughs) And it really is a movie about the influence of a father on the lives of, of his children. And we get portraits of guys who grew up with terrible fathers and portraits of guys that grew up with wonderful fathers and just it weaves together four or five separate stories to help you see how important it is as a dad to be present. And I think more so than like lifting up triumphant dads who always got it right, you'll come out of this movie if you see it or if you have seen it, feeling like even the dads who made some mistakes um, you know, it doesn't leave them in a hopeless place. I, as a dad myself, I found myself really encouraged by this. So it's it's a gentle movie. It's a movie with a lot of grace. There's some hard stories. Uh, focus on the family's Jim Daly's his story is told, and he has an incredible story yes. of abandonment and growing up in foster care. If you haven't heard his story, this is the place to sort of see mm-hmm. what that was like. But but his is just one of of several stories here. And I think that uh, the Kendrick brothers did a great job really emphasizing the importance of not only our human fathers, but obviously show me the father is is a reference to scripture as well. And, and how even though our earthly fathers are imperfect, our heavenly father is perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, the next one, Mr. Hoos, you have yeah. the most reluctant convert, the untold story of C.S. Lewis. I Which mean, it kind of tells us the whole thing, right? You can imagine it's about C.S. Lewis, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's another one of those little, that are a little different, though. It's based on a very successful play-slash-monologue by an actor by the name of um, Max McLean. And in this filmed version, he plays an older C.S. Lewis who sort of harkens back to key moments in his life. And so, obviously, it's a film about him sort of fighting against God and eventually coming to the realization that he has no other choice but to open his life to God and God's leading. And it's, you know, it was one of those films where, I I mean, I love plays for one thing, so that really appealed to me. But it was also a a very nuanced and incredibly thoughtful Hmm. film, uh, which I'll be honest with you, you don't always get in a Christian film. <laughs> and and so I, I really I really enjoyed this one. Okay. And then we have A Week Away, which Emily, you saw and reviewed this one. Tell us about A Week Away. You know, it's kind of funny that we did the Jesus music, which is all about contemporary Christian music, because this is a musical made from CCM music. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, yeah, no, it's a musical. It's about this uh, boy who is in foster care, and he is on his last leg. He will go to juvie if he messes up one more time, and he gets the option to go to this summer camp, and it turns out to be a Christian summer camp, and... Yeah, a week later, the whole premise of this camp is that it only takes a week away to change somebody's life, and that's exactly what happens. Okay. (laughs) Spoiler. Yeah, spoiler. (laughs) I think it's pretty obvious. (laughs) Well played, Kennedy. Well played. So, does anybody have particularly strong feelings about the best Christian movie this year? I'm going last. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like my dad. Despite his passion, has been beaten into submission. (laughs) So let me just point out something that I think is pretty interesting. Two of these movies are actually Netflix movies. Mm -hmm. And that, I thought, was 
an interesting trend here. We often give Netflix, and rightly so, a hard time because they have some really, really unfamily-friendly stuff on their platform. Um, but they do try to serve all audiences. And when you think about The Blue Miracle, when you think about A Week Away, both of those are pretty quality movies. Um, I, but not the one you're voting for. I am actually going to vote for Blue Miracle. Okay. And the reason why is I think that it deals with Christian faith in a really interesting context. It talks about what is the point of being good? What is the point in believing if it doesn't pay off? Is there a point to it if if we don't get some benefit from it? And I love that Blue Miracle comes down and says, you know what? Being good for its own sake is the right thing to do. Mm. And it still pays off. It's also a very good story about fatherhood, mm-hmm. um, in my opinion. But that's actually not the movie I'm going to vote for. I'm going to vote for the other Netflix film, A Week Away. <laughs> um, I just think that when I was watching it, there were so many throwbacks to my own teendom when I would go to like those Christian summer camps so it was really good nostalgic feelings um and of course I loved the music that that just helped but um I think there was a really good message and I actually had the opportunity to talk to Bailey Madison who's the star of the film and hear her talk about her faith you know there's a moment where her character is like you know, explaining, I don't have proof God is real, but a life without Jesus isn't a life at all. Like she basically explains hmm. that in layman's terms um, to this kid. And it, it was almost like it was her own testimony, you hmm. know, and she told me, she was like, yeah, you know, for me, it was about telling people about God who maybe don't understand why we believe what we believe. Hmm. You know, and I really so it liked had a that. very evangelistic intent. It did. To it. it had a very evangelistic intent, and it was just fun. I loved it. I was singing and dancing, and in my cubicle, which was, you know, awkward, but it wasn't also weird re- at all. Not weird at <laughs> all. Off. I'm just sitting there bobbing my head, and people are walking by. What is she doing? <laughs> I mean, the whole cubicle was bouncing back and forth. Bouncing. I could feel the vibrations. It, yes. <laughs> Kennedy, I really like C.S. Lewis. And to be fair, that comes from a really biased perspective (laughs) because I have always been fascinated with C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, their friendship. Mm. You know, Mm -hmm. Tolkien evangelized to C.S. Lewis and got upset because Tolkien was a Catholic and and, uh, (laughs) C.S. Lewis became a Protestant. Um, They had an interesting friendship, definitely. (laughs) But, you know, just knowing where he started, all the things he went through, um, all the things that he writes in each one of his books that he's a really good writer. You know, he's really good at communicating complex topics. I remember reading through Mere Christianity for the first time, those first few chapters, just talking about morality and how that's like essentially convinces him of God's existence because Hmm. he can't think of how something can be objectively good if there's no objective lawgiver. Mm. Yeah. And all that stuff, it just really compels me. Yep. And I was going to wait to last, but since he went ahead and voted for uh, the C.S. Lewis film, I'm going to jump in and say that. So you're saying there's a chance, right, right, Bob? That's right. (laughs) I I may pull this one out. (laughs) No, it's uh, it actually, in my opinion, was the best film in the group, too. Um, Max McLean, he just embodies what what you envision C.S. Lewis to be like. He's so eloquent and intelligent. And it really is a, a very powerful film. And it's a great, you know, you were talking about evangelism. It's a great film, I think, uh, to invite a friend to see and say, what do you think about this? Because it's not a 
grab somebody by the throat and pound them kind of film. It is. I don't a, respond very well to that kind of evangelism no, it's a, myself. It's a film that talks about the logical progression of stepping forward in faith and finding it. Mm. I mean, it's a really powerful film. Well, Bob, you'll be thrilled to know that as much as I love Dennis Quaid as a fisherman, <laughs> I got to vote for C.S. Lewis. Right, a winner. <laughs> because really, I mean, what kind of person votes against C.S. Lewis? <laughs> That's right. Apparently. Very Apparently. Yeah. Guys, no. Which is ironic because he's my favorite author. I just... <laughs> I, it, I think that when you're talking about C.S. Lewis, it's hard to go wrong, right? And it, yeah. it feels like this is a really well-done representation of his life. It's really nicely written. It's it, From a play perspective, it's so... And that's what a play needs to be. It yeah. has to have the kind of language that draws you in, and you can't... Turn, look away. You've got to stay there with it. And that's what this is. It's a very well-written piece. Okay. Well, Emily, what do the people say? It was a very close run on this one. Yeah? Between the Jesus music and C.S. Lewis. Mm. But C.S. Lewis pulled it out! <laughs> I'm sure he's in heaven celebrating his plugged-in victory, even as we speak. As, as am I. As am I. <laughs> and Bob. I'm not a total loser. You know, we're, <laughs> we don't think you're a total loser. You just... Well, most of us don't. Well, yeah. Well, okay. Wow. Dig it all. We no, don't need to go there. No, 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 no. <laughs> well, I hope that you have enjoyed our conversation about the movies that we saw in the last year that we thought really deserve some attention and whether you agreed with us or disagreed with us, I hope that we've given you some more insight into those films and, as and well. And if nothing else, unlike the Academy Awards, all of these films are really good. <laughs> <laughs> That's all a fair watchable. statement. All right, all watchable. That's a true statement. <laughs> and with that assessment on what's happening with the Oscars this year, <laughs> we will bring this installment of the plugged in movie awards to a close thank you all for your participation i hope that that no feelings are irreparably bruised i trust <laughs> that we can all continue to work with one another well thanks again for spending some time with us at the plugged in show today what did you think of the movies we chose what did you think of the movies that you chose we would love to hear your thoughts on facebook or instagram or shoot us an email at team at thepluggedinshow.com. And as always, we would love to say thank you as well to you for being a part of the Plugged In Show family. So today, for a gift of any amount, we'll send you a copy of Paul Acey's book, Burning Bush 2.0, How Pop Culture Replaced the Prophet. And you'll find a link to order that book in the episode notes for today's show, as well as on the Plugged In blog entry for our conversation. Or just give us a call at 800-A-FAMILY. Well, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. We look forward to connecting with you again next week on another episode of The Plugged In Show. Plugged In.